Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's good to be a praiser, a worshiper, someone who loves God and is called according to his purpose. And we are called of God. Whether we answer or not is, you know, hey, I ain't throwing no shade. Don't mean nothing to nobody, but I'm just preaching, folks. But amen. It's up to you whether you respond or not. Amen. And when you do respond, you'll find all the promises of God are true for you. You won't be lacking anything. You won't be missing anything. You won't be a person who doesn't, who's confused and upset and all of the things that the world, that flesh is heir to, as they say, all the things that the world offers you, you won't be subject to those things anymore. And so it's good to trust God. It's good to belong to God. And it's good to praise God and lift him up and uh, bless his name at all times. Amen. Always say good things about God. Always say things that evidence that you know God and you love him. When times are bad, you need to speak his word and encourage people with his word. We don't condemn people when we speak the word. What we are, what's happening is that their unbelief is being condemned. Amen. And it needs to be. Because uh, that's what gets us in trouble is not believing God and believing something else. So whenever we have an opportunity, we lift him up. Amen. We can lift him up anytime. We can make a joyful noise to the Lord. Amen. Noise. It's got to be joyful, though. Amen. <laughs> so he said, I don't care what really God is saying. I don't care what you do. Just lift it up to me. Amen. He's willing to receive whatever uh, we offer to him. Uh, I see people sometimes that have uh, children, you know, when your your children are small, you can't wait for them to do certain things, you know. And they first say their first words, everybody wants to be there when the first word is spoken, you know. And uh, you still want to hear from them. Amen. I don't care how old they get. Parents still wants to hear from their children, you know, even though it was just ba ba da 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 you thought it was so cute you wanted them to keep babbling. Now they grown, they won't shut up. Hey <laughs> And they start asking for stuff, amen, et cetera, et cetera. Would you still want to hear from them, amen? That's the way God is with us. He still wants to hear from us. Because we are his children. He wants to know where we are and know that we care about him because he cares for us and he wants us to know that at all times. So it's good to be in the presence of the Lord. We have a, a devotional book that those of us in the ministry are going to be passing out, uh, as a way of ministering to people, um, at the end of this, uh, teaching hopefully i'll have some instructions for you guys on the internet to get them if you want to get these we can do it for a donation um i think five dollars is is adequate you know and so um so uh what we can do is uh if you use the donate button on the um ministry website ministry of the watchman.com um then it will ask for your 
mailing information. It will ask for your address and so forth. So you can put it on there. Amen. And, uh, we'll, we'll put as many of these in a, uh, an envelope as we can send, uh, for that under, you know, under $5. So I can at least put a couple in there, I think, and we can send them to you. It has an anointed prayer cloth in it. And it also has, um, it's a seven, uh, what is it? A seven week, a devotional seven weeks with Jesus. That's the title of it. And it begins by talking about who Jesus is. It talks about his extraordinary life, uh, what he was able to do, uh, in his life, how he, uh, came against illness and sickness. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It talks about the fact that his blood is for you. So there's a thing and there's something in here that is going to increase the faith and bring healing to everybody. And the prayer cloth, we encourage you to wear it. We have been using this as our flu shot, I know for at least 20 years now. And nobody's ever gotten the flu in here. Nobody's gotten the hospital nobody's gotten sick it's according to your faith i'm not selling anybody anything that god's word does not verify if you believe that's always the the uh um uh, stipulation you must believe these things you you can't get anything from anybody being skeptical you know people won't help you if you're too skeptical they'll just tell you just go on someplace i keep my money myself i don't have to give you none huh Amen. So faith is is what it takes, and it's not hard to put faith in God. You're already healed. Amen. We just have to edify our spirits. We need to strengthen our spirits in the word of God. So we're going to get right into the word. I decided I would uh, uh, share words on healing and uh, faith and encouragement toward you uh, during this time. And so we'll continue to do that and uh, just let the Lord work and let the Lord help people and let the Lord uh, heal you and protect you from all harm and, and from all danger. Uh, no matter what the danger is, God's protection is there for us to avail ourselves of. And the proof of that is I don't know how many people get sick in trouble or something they can't handle that won't call on God. Amen. It's just normal for us to call him during times of stress and trouble. And I know many people don't feel sick and don't feel this is a stressful or troublesome time, but it's a time of plague. And plagues are very, very, uh, uh, I guess you can say subtle in the way that they invade people's lives. So we're just going to cover everything in God's love and in the blood of Jesus Christ and allow God to help us to understand what we need to know for this week coming up. And then next week we'll share what he wants for the week after that. That's the way he wants us to go so far. So we'll do that. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. Thank you that this is the day that you've made so we can rejoice and be glad in it. You made this a day of rejoicing, not a day of fear, not a day of dread or a day of gloom. And we thank you for this day. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. And we acknowledge you as our blessed Savior and Lord. 
our Lord God Almighty, maker and creator of all things. If you created us, Father, you certainly know how to fix us. And so we're thanking you for your fixing power in everybody's life today. In Jesus' name, fix everything that's wrong, Father. Make the crooked places straight. Make the darkness uh, disappear and light appear in everybody's lives today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. <laughs> amen. So we're going to talk today about the medicine of God's word. In fact, his admonishment to us is quit complaining and take your medicine. Amen. Quit complaining and take your medicine. Amen. Uh, there are things that are wrong in the world. There will always be things that are wrong in the world. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. You will have uh, circumstances that are not what you want them to be. But he said to have joy and be of good cheer. That means to not be cheerful based on your circumstances, but good cheer has to do with that, that um, joy that comes from deep within your spirit. Amen. That's the good cheer he's talking about. It's a cheer that you can't, uh, that won't be wiped away by circumstances that is not subject to, uh, what the world is doing. So what he is saying is that I have given you a weapon against hard times. Amen. He's given us a weapon against hard times or he wouldn't tell you to do that. He's right in the midst of your trouble. Cheer up. Huh? Now we, we get mad at people sometimes when they don't respect our condition. You know what I'm saying? We don't, they don't jump in the soup with us. Well, the soup, you ain't enjoying the soup, so why should I jump in there with you? Amen. I'm trying to get down low enough to pick you up and pull you out. Now, I'm not jumping in there with you. Amen. When people start, you know, people are always looking for somebody to, uh, what they call sympathize with them, you know, or empathize. Somebody, I need somebody to know. Well, that's Jesus. The Bible says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Amen. He took on the form of of human flesh so that he could be a great high priest. So you don't really need somebody to sympathize. You need a priest. Oh, okay. Well, you know, can I talk to the people at the Y? You want to go over and hook me up over there, little Howard, so I can talk to my prescribed audience. But, uh, yeah, you don't need somebody to sympathize. You need a priest. You need help. You need a minister. You need somebody to bridge the gap between where you are down in the pits and where God has ordained for you to be. And that is to be in victory over all the power of darkness, over all situations, over all tribulation, over all fault, all fear, all uh, trepidation, all wounds, everything. Uh, God wants us to ride victorious over everything. We should not be defeated at all, not in our thinking, not in our living, not in every way. Now, you might have to live in a restricted way for a season. But you're not doing that in a hopeless fashion. You're doing that understanding that there will come a time when that will end. There will come a time when these restrictions will lift. There will come a time where this this bug that's trying to kill people will die out. 
and quit killing people. And the sooner, and nobody can tell you when that is, but God can tell you. Amen. And the sooner the better. If we continue to take authority over this thing and Christians continue to um, uh, declare the word of God and to do warfare against these things, it not only will happen to you and your surroundings, but it will also happen in other areas. You don't know how far your prayers can reach. And you don't know how far your faith can reach and how far your confession can reach. So when we declare these things, the Bible says that we are making known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. So we're letting the devil know that he has no authority to make people sick. Amen. And use the authority of the name of Jesus. The devil, now listen, I bind you. You can't bring sickness into people. You can't have anybody. I don't care where them people are. So, Lord, I'm sending out your word today and putting the devil on notice that he must stop right now, this very minute, in the name of Jesus. And keep that word coming forth out of you. You're an ambassador for Christ. You are sent here. You are here on this earth to send forth his word of healing when the enemy's trying to kill people. You're here to send forth his word of, of salvation when the devil's trying to take people to hell. You're here to send forth his word of deliverance when he's trying to bind people and keep them confused and keep them under his feet. Amen. You're the liberator. Uh, on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not doing this stuff on our own. We have marching orders. We have authority given to us by God to work as ambassadors for him. Well, you think we're sitting here just sit back and watch everything happen or go along with the crowd and start speaking what they speak or be silent because we're scared to speak up when they start spewing their nonsense and talking doom and gloom and oh, is he, that's just so bad. And I, you know, I'm not going to, well, I'm not scared. Yes, you are. And you need to address that fear because God didn't give you that. He didn't give you that spirit to run your life. He gave you, you keep messing around with fear. You will be crazy. See, I know it happened to me before I found the Lord and I realized that fear has a tormenting aspect to it that once you start respecting it and bowing to it and it gets entry into your life it won't let up because you'll be scared of this you'll be scared of that there'll be something else to feed that fear so you got to start starving that fear because god didn't give you treated like a trespasser god didn't give that to you why are you embracing it well i know that no you don't know it the way you know it is you live it The way you know it is you respect God's word. The way you know it is you fight fear. Of course you're afraid. That's what what news reports out for us to put fear in people. Amen. So that we can be controlled and made to obey. Okay, we're obeying, but we're not doing it out of fear. (laughs) We're doing it out of respect. Amen. So funny. I was looking at Rodney Howard Brown. Amen. We've watched him over the years. He's been involved. Many controversies follow this man. Um, and for good reason, you know, when you obey God and you're the first one to do certain things, it's going to be controversial. 
I remember when he said he was going to rent Madison Square Garden and everybody said you can't do it. He even thought he couldn't do it. He was shocked when the money started to come in. These were enormous sums of money. And uh, he was thinking, well, you know, we're going to get all this big crowd of people and all this stuff. The big crowd never materialized. And, you know, he's one of those people who obeys God. But I think sometimes you might get a little confused about what God's doing if you're not the one to go in. But look at all the big Christian events that have come in that place since that time. And so some people, and I believe he's one of those people, he's a forerunner, you know, but he does have apostolic and prophetic authority in the realm of the spirit. And so if we'll re- remember those things, you know, and, and remember when you see people like this that get involved in things where they have to challenge authority and the powers that be, it's good to just hold your peace and watch and see what happens. If it's of God, God will be with them. If it's not of God, God will, you know, he won't show up. And so recently he was arrested because he uh, decided to have his church service uh, and, and not tell people to stay home. I think they had a temporary order or order in Florida for, for the gatherings, you know, like we do have here. And he decided to keep his church open. Well, of course, they, you know, they watch people like him and, and sent out an arrest warrant. And so after and he was in compliance with what the order was, I think they had broken it up. So it wasn't a lot of people. I don't know if I got all the details right, but he was able to show them that he was in compliance, in compliance and, and lo and behold, the governor lifted the restriction off churches. So churches that want to assemble now. See, that's when you have governmental authority. See, he wields that kind of authority for God's kingdom so he can legitimately challenge the natural powers that be. But if you don't have that in God and you don't, you're not sure you have that, it's best for you to just be obedient, but keep the word of God richly in your heart. Don't let go of the word. Don't side with the world. But there are people, apostles and prophets that wield that kind of authority down here on the earth. And God gives them exercise to use it. Now, we can't go into any place carte blanche and just have our way and do what we want to do. But when you feel the unction to resist powers that are man-made, then you do that. Look at what the Catholic Church has done with the abortion, uh, anti-abortion movement. They have stayed the hand in advance of abortions in areas where they can do greater harm to children. Because don't think they're going to stop with babies in the womb because they've already given orders to kill them outside of the womb. Next, it'll be toddlers. Next, it'll be, you know, you know, somebody could come to your kid 18. If they still in your house, they can come and take them and do what they want to do with your child. They do it in communist countries all the time. And you got somebody in this country who is a communist. They keep lying and saying they're socialists. There's no difference. When they want to come and take what you have. Say, for instance, you know, little Howard has his own business. That will be the government's business. See, he can't, you can't have your own nothing anymore. You see what I'm saying? When the socialists come in or the communists come in or anybody other than somebody who uh, upholds our constitution and keeps you free and keeps us in a free market system. See, in this, this country, if you make videos in your kitchen, 
you can put them on eBay and sell them. Well, you're not going to be able to do that if in a socialist. You can't sell nothing yourself. You have to turn it over to the government. And then they decide what they do with it. And if they want you to have a little bit of coin, they'll give you a little bit of coin. But the history is, look at Venezuela. The history is they don't give people anything. Venezuelans are leaving that country just so they can get something to eat. People say most of them have lost the average Venezuelan. I know at the end of 2018 had lost about 30 pounds. Amen. Now, if I'm going to lose weight, I'll do it on my own. I don't need the government. <laughs> we might have a problem. You understand? <laughs> so anyway, but, but God wants us, amen, to honor his word. He wants us to understand that the word is for us. The word is to help us. The word is to provide for us. His word is his bond and it is his guarantee that whatever we need is provided. It's already provided. And that includes healing. So quit complaining and take your medicine. Quit talking about what you see on the news and keeping it on 24-7 brainwashing yourself. Huh? <laughs> Just shut it down, get in your word, and take your medicine. So, uh, Proverbs 4, if you'll turn there, we'll, we'll start reading Proverbs 4, verses, starting verse 20. It says, my son, God talking to his kids, as you and that's me, attend to my words. In other words, pay attention. Stop paying attention. To the fear mongers. Pay attention to me. So it's like God comes right in the, the midst of your, your looking at television all day long and says, listen, pay attention to me. I cut that out. He says, incline your ear to my sayings. What that means, you ever see somebody put their hand behind their ear and stretch their neck out? That's what God's saying. That you, you incline your ear. Stretch your neck out to hear my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. In other words, keep your Bible open. Now, I did something recently that I felt it, it, it has helped me to stay focused on God's word. I pulled out all my paper Bibles. Amen. And every place that I tend to frequent in my house, ain't many of them. But I have a Bible, paper Bible open so that when I sit there, I can put my eyes on the word. When I go in the kitchen and and sit there and get ready to have something, and I even put Coco, her her sheet of word down there on (laughs) She going to follow me looking for the crumbs, you know, or the big piece. She don't care. But uh, we stay in the word. It makes it easy. Whatever it is, it makes it easier for you to stay focused on God. That's what you do. Health, by allowing that word to stay in front of your eyes at all times. And he says, don't let it depart from your eyes and keep it in the midst of your heart. So if you keep it before your eyes, it will remain in the midst of your heart. In other words, don't sit there and listen to enough negative stuff to drive that word out because just like you meditated and put it in, the devil can come with something else to try and drive it out. So you've got to fight to hold on to that. It's always a fight, folks. 
I don't care what you want, it won't come easy. I mean, just sit there and it, it shows up. You know, it's, it's, you're going to have to fight to hold on to your faith. Really, most of the struggle is within us. It's whether or not we're going to choose to believe what God says, or we're going to choose to believe. Belief is a choice. It's always a choice. You are not locked into believing a certain thing all of your life. Or all none of us would be here if that were true. So we all made the decision to follow Christ. And so once you make that decision, then you're not locked into any way of believing. You're not locked into any way of thinking. Uh, you can always change how you think. Look at the people that have been trapped in communist countries who finally broke free. Their minds got free long before their bodies did. So this is this is how people listen to God, hear from God, and make major changes in life. You just hear a different voice. When you start to hear God's voice, you're hearing a voice different from the rest of the world. So stay with that voice because in that voice is life. Amen? So he says, for they are life to those that find God's word is life. And the reason it gets you in trouble with people is because they are in death. When you're believing what the world thinks, you're in death. And see, we come and bring life, and then people are mad about it. Huh? Well, they get upset when you speak the word. And I know the Bible, too. Well, you need to start acting like it. I'm acting, well, what's wrong with you? You ought to like what I'm saying. Why are you mad at me? Huh? He says there's life and medicine in it, or healing, or health. There's everything you need in the Word. Can the Word heal you? Of course it can. It saved you, so you need to add to your salvation all the blessings and benefits of God's Word. And just let me give you a little hint. All your blessings are already prescribed. They're already on schedule. So you can't just want to hear uh prosperity money scriptures and not want to hear about wisdom, not want to hear about health, not because you can get money and, and lose your health. Amen. Um who was it? Was it the uh, let me think who it was. Steve Jobs, the one who passed away recently. Uh he said the most expensive bed in the world is a sick bed. Say because it robs you of everything. See what I'm saying? So it's not just money, but it robs you of everything. Huh? And I don't know that he knew God. I'm praying that he did. I hope he did. Somebody could have witnessed to him or whatever, but um he found that out. One of the wealthiest people in the world found out what what true wealth was all about. So it says here there are life to those that hmm, got to find them. What does it mean to find the word? It just means to grab onto it in time of need. So if you're sick or you've got symptoms in your body, however you want to describe it, you grab onto the word of God and it brings life to you. You tell when the, when the word is bringing life to a person. I was talking to somebody that, that, you know, the doctors had told them that what they had, they couldn't do anything for them. And they kind of were looking forlorn and discouraged. I had gone into the uh, rehab place to visit this person. And um, I said, 
I said, well, let's have a healing meeting. And so I opened the Bible, Isaiah 53, and the minute I began to read the scriptures, I'm not talking about preaching the house down or having no high worship, high praise, but reading the scriptures and that person's countenance lifted. See, you can tell when the words work and they, you know, if, if they're these religious people don't want the words, they get madder. They was mad already. They get madder. But if it's somebody whose heart is open to God, they will receive that word and they will be evidence of some kind of health. You know, the Bible says God is the health of my countenance. He makes your face look healthy. Amen. He will change you from gloom, doom, and and glum to a healthy countenance if you'll open up to receive the word. Amen. And so I was very pleased that this person was open still to receive the word. And I said, Lord, if you could just get them to continue with it, they'd receive their healing. See what I'm saying? But many times, you know, people, very often, even believers, kind of have to be spoon-fed. You know, now I know Brother Hagan said in the early days of his ministry, he did that a lot. He said, I have people and and I said, nah, come on, let God heal you. No, Brother Hagan, I'm just want to go on, be with the Lord. I don't want to. No, well, just sit there and listen. Let me let God heal you anyway. And he said, more often than not, people would get healed. He sit there and read the word to them and that word heal them. So he proved that the word is medicine. Amen. These things mean nothing to us if we never prove them. You know, you never obey them and allow them to prove what they, what they say they, they can do. So, and it's not like you're putting the word to a test. You're a deaf, be blessed, little Howard. Thank you so much for coming. Did you leave me some? No, I'm going to ask about no money. Bless, bless you, bless you. <laughs> Praise God. No, I'm, I'm messing with you, little Howard, for real. You, you good. You grab an extra piece of cake if you want to. There's one on the table. Praise God. Alicia didn't get it yet. She minded her manners. You know, when a man is around, we all eat less, don't we? Not me. My late husband used to say that. He said, yeah. He said, I, I always used to like taking this after we got married. I always, always liked taking you out to dinner because you didn't try to act fake. I said, yeah, I ate more than you did, didn't I? I was looking for dessert. Uh, but I was still a thin slip of a girl. You know, do all them female tricks. Hey, you won't eat, you eat slim for three days because you know he get ready to take you out. Uh, Hello. As for those of you dainty women who like to cut back on everything, that's the way you test them. You know, don't be a cut back kind of person at all. That ain't, if that ain't you, don't be cutting back. You know, like the saints always say, it's two things you got to take advantage of when they, when the opportunity comes as going to the bathroom and eating. Because you don't know when you will get the opportunity again. So, yep, got to take advantage of those things. So, anyway, praise God. So, all right. So, the word then becomes life and medicine to us. Health to all your flesh. I don't care what flesh it is. If it's uh, internal flesh, heart flesh, 
brain flesh, you know, uh, joint flesh, uh, whatever flesh it is, it will heal it. The word will heal everything. Amen. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm looking for eyebrow flesh, you know, <laughs> say eyebrows come back in Jesus day. You got no business leaving here. Who told you to go? Amen. So you just <laughs> hairy flesh. So I even claim that for Coco where her little coat is going thin. Yeah, we got the health to her flesh too. Amen. So we speak the word and expect God to do what his word says he is going to do. Amen. So um, how is the word prescribed? How is the medicine prescribed? Now, how do doctors prescribe most medicine? Well, they don't want you to take it. You know, oftentimes it says take with food or take. It's got instructions to it. But most medicine is to be taken with water only. Amen. Because that's how they test it. They give people a glass of water after they give them the pills, and that's how they know they work. So, you know, you have to do that. But but it it really, it means you don't add anything to it. So don't add anything to the prescription of God. Amen? When he says water only, that means by itself no distractions. So when you take the word of God, don't have the TV on in the background making noise. Shut your worship music off because that can be a distraction to pull you off of the healing word. Amen. I like worship songs and all of that, but some of them have got wrong doctrine in it and some, some just got misinformation and lack of knowledge, you know. Some of them just like the tune of stuff and they'd be sitting around, man, we gotta get some words to go with this. What can we say? And they open the Bible and start cookbooking on you. Amen. 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 So let's, let's be real here, folks. You know, when you listen to some of it, you think just, now where'd they get that from? <laughs> Amen. Nice thing is, though, God kind of promotes those who stick with the word. Amen. Cause his word uh, increases everything. So when, when medicine is prescribed, it's prescribed alone. Don't have to add anything with it. And how long do you take it? You take it for, for the prescribed time, which will cause the condition to clear up. Or if it's something that's chronic, you must take it continually. So we live in a chronic world. Amen. Like if you, if you've got a condition of, of say your um, intestine have been removed or your thyroid doesn't work anymore, there's all kinds of conditions where you have to take the medicine forever. Amen. Continually because it's not for a temporary thing. And so, but in most cases, you take it until your condition is cleared up. Well, that's not true with God's word because the condition of a sinful world never clears up. So you must take God's word continually. Even after you're healed, you continue to take it at the level that got you well. Amen. Dodie Osteen did that. Amen. When she, she had liver cancer and the doctors told her they couldn't do anything for her. And, uh, she listened to Norval Hayes talk about how to live and not die. And, and she decided she would just feast on the word every day. And she did that. And, and that's been over 30 years ago. I know she's still 40. She's still healed. Amen. But she takes that word every day. She doesn't dare go back because the minute you start Slipping back spiritually, 
then you give your carnal mind a chance to start getting active and talking to you. And your carnal mind is what will put doubt in there because you haven't been in the word for a certain amount of time. Got me? So you have to keep up, keep your spirit strong. Keep the word flowing continually in your ears. Keep your eyes feasted on it. Don't let it depart. In other words, don't take a day off of spending time with God in his word. Don't take a day off of meditate. Sit yourself down and put yourself in front of your Bible and begin to feast again on the word of God. I was kind of uh, uh blown away a little bit, but I know, you know, God does everything. He owns everything. He'll put anybody up and talk for him. And that the my pillow guy, uh Mike Lindell, is <laughs> so funny. Uh, he's a new Christian. So he's on fire, you know, like one of them people they'll smoke you when they you go by. And uh he got a chance to do some things. He converted his uh 75% of his manufacturing now is devoted instead of to my pillow which they sell a ton of them things. Uh, he's devoted to making uh, respirators, you know, face masks for uh, medical personnel. And so uh, he was able to share that, you know, President Trump offered him the podium and he was sharing what they were doing as an effort to help. And he said, I also want to share something else. And he said, I just want to encourage people use this time to read your Bibles and get in the word of God. And all of the mainstream media keeled over, start foaming at the mouth because you don't mention God, the Bible and Jesus in their world. Amen. But he did it anyway, and people, you know, you see Twitter light up and everything light up against him, but he's still doing it. He could care less. Listen, this man was a drug addict for most of his adult life, and God set him free. You think he's going to shut up? You think he's scared of people? If he wasn't scared of them drugs all them years, you know he ain't scared of man. <laughs> Give me a break. So... When you, when you do the word, do not skip doses. Cause that will cause your symptoms to gain on you. Amen. So stay consistent in the word. Consistency is the most important thing. You know, length of time, you know, that's important too, but doing it consistency. Don't take days off. Don't take time off. Just stay consistent in the word of God. When you take a dose of the word, uh, when you say like in the world, when you take natural medicine, you follow it with a little water. If you follow your, your meditation with the water of praise and fellowship with God and thanksgiving, amen, that causes that, that the effects of it to increase for you. Amen. So if you just spend time worshiping God and, and thanking him and in and, and, uh, reading his word and meditating on his word, grabbing things out of scripture uh, that are helpful to you. Sometimes, like I do, I just open it up randomly and start reading and God will start speaking to me from his word. And so it's just good to stay close to God, stay in his word. Mark eleven twenty three tells us. That we can have what we say if we believe it and not doubt. So you have to speak the language of heaven. You can't say, I want to be healed. That really is, is speaking to doubt in your mind. 
So if if that's what you think, you need to get into the word until you're convinced that you are healed. So my my recommendation for that is always Isaiah 53. Amen. He was wounded for your trick. Keep repeating that and meditating on that until you believe that you are healed now. And the devil is trying to get you to accept sickness. Now, it's it's this is this is faith. This is the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith. Calls things that are not as though they are. Why would God tell you he's going to heal you when you're already healed? Now, I'll hear people call themselves prophesy to people, God's going to heal you. I said, no, they're already healed. You know, so I reject that right out the bat. Because whoever's speaking that is not speaking according to talking to somebody who's under the atonement or either under faith that, that God is already will give them what they desire. You see what I'm saying? Because if he's going to heal you, the next question is, what do I do to get it? See? If you think he's going to do something, the next question is, how do I get it? See, when you feed yourself the word... You're not, you're not qualifying to be healed. You are affirming that you are healed. There's a big difference. If you go before a judge and there are charges against you, you're hoping that judge will give you mercy and acquit you of charges, but it's up in the air. The decision on your behalf has not yet been made. When you go before God, that decision is not up in the air. Because what it took for you to be forgiven has already been done by somebody else. Because you can't do it anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So what we need to have done to qualify to be healed, we couldn't do it anyway. So you might as well accept the fact that it's already been done. And act like you believe it's been done until you really believe it's been done. That's what believers do. We begin to put in motion the laws of faith and act as though we have it before we have it. That's heaven speak. That's the way heaven does things. When God looked at Abraham and he did not have the son that he wanted him to have by his wife, he called him the father of many nations. Because he had no doubt of his own ability to give Abraham children. So when God looks at us, he looks at us based on what? On his ability, not ours. And you gotta understand that God's not looking at your ability to do anything but decide to believe Him and go along with what He says. See, this is a problem with people. We always gotta add our little two cents into everything 
every conversation, every scripture, every, but, but what about, but what if, but what, but what, but what? No, you got to stop your, but what's and you got to stop, stop your what ifs and you got to stop your, but the, the, the doctor said, and, but the lawyer said, and, but the government says, and, but the, this says you're not a goat, you're a sheep. Amen. Goats butt everything. As you know, I was looking at, you know, like sometimes you see these little videos. They're a little cute little baby goat. And they had a, they had a little toddler, their little toddler kid out in the yard with the baby goat. And he just got his little head pushing on the little baby already. I said, them little things is born button everything. Amen. Well, God calls us sheep, not goats. We're not supposed to butt everything. We're supposed to lay down our lives. Amen. That's what sheep do. They don't fight. They don't resist. They're docile. They receive. Amen. And so when God says he calls things that be not as though they are, he expects us to agree with him and call those things that be not as though they are. I am healed. When you say that, you'll find that that kind of expression comes from a different place in your being. Huh? Everybody said, I'm healed. That comes from uh, in here, in your spirit, in your belly. Amen? Say, I'm sick. Well, y'all smart. Y'all ain't going to say that. Amen. (laughs) But you don't even have an unction to say it, do you? Because you trained your spirit to agree with God. Amen? Amen. So you are healed. What we do is we live sometime in the, 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 the land of languishing. <laughs> in that never, never space, Mr. In Between. Amen. We'll live in that never, never space where we're halfway considering, you know, like you get up in the morning, you know, people are, are the, the flu is always going to get worse before it gets better. Well, I don't care how bad it is. It ain't coming near my dwelling. Amen. And But think about the process for you to get to that conclusion. That's your conclusion. That's your confession, and it's the right confession. But think about the fact that that thought came to you that it's going to get worse. Huh? And then you started thinking about, well, how do I feel? Well, my throat is a little dry. And you take your inventory. But then at the end of the list, you said, no, nah, I'm healed. See, I don't, you don't even want to go down that road of sick possibilities. Amen. So you make your U-turn in the middle of the street, go right back where you came from and begin to declare that you're healed. Amen. And see, we don't condemn ourselves because we went down that road, do we? If you did, you better not. Amen. Because you followed the bunny trail of your little carnal mind when you saw, uh uh-oh, we get into that dead end where I'm going to have to get sick or something. No, I'm turning the car around. I'm going right back to I'm healed. Park your car and I'm healed. Amen. And leave it there. Looking at statistics and going online and looking stuff up and, you know, that's where a lot of people go to get convinced that that they're going to die. 
You don't want to do that. You you stay with with your word. Get back in your word. But see, I, when I go online, I find stuff out. Like what? You find out anything that's for you? Uh-huh. See, what's for you is in the word. That online stuff, that's for somebody else. I don't know who it's addressed to. But it's for anybody who will put their confidence in it. Because information is everywhere. You can pick up information about all kinds of things. Amen. But you want to stay with. That's why God put Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 in the Bible. So we quit shopping online. He knew online was going to come before we even had the, the ability to be on the Internet. And he already spoke to us about what to do about what you read online. Stay off of there. Cause there's a, there's a, a sick little, uh, carnal man, carnal frame, a man in all of our heads that's always curious about what's, what's going on. Then we get around people and start spouting off this information makes us feel real knowledgeable. None but pride. Amen. And your knowledge among your peers might cost you your life. You keep it up. Uh, I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified, as Paul said. Amen. I purpose to know nothing but that. Amen. So you can have what you say. Always say you are healed. You're not... You know, people add to it, I'm waiting on a manifestation. You're not waiting on nothing because nothing's going to drop in your lap. An idol. If you've got symptoms in your body, you should be in the word. So if you're in the word, you're not idle. You're not waiting. You're feeding your faith. You're taking medicine. You're giving your body the medicine of the word. You ain't waiting on nothing. Huh? People that wait like that don't get much. They get sicker and sicker. Well, how come your symptoms haven't improved? Well, um, you know, I'm waiting on, no, you're not. You better get in the Bible. You always have work to do. You always have faith to feed. You always give your body the medicine of the word. You know, if you still have symptoms, you take the word and just tell people, I'm killing it with the word. I'm killing every symptom I have with the word of God. I'm not waiting on nothing. I have my healing. I am healed. But I'm killing these symptoms with the word of God. And put a death sentence on everything that's not like God. Psalms 107.20 said he sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. You got kids that are disobedient, send the word out after them. Just get up every morning, every night. Thank you, Lord, that my children are obedient. Thank you, Lord. I see them lifting holy hands and praising you. Amen. Father, that they are praisers and they are worshipers. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for granting that to my family. You promised we would be those people. And that's all of us. Amen. So you must be convinced that the prescription will work. You got to be convinced of Proverbs 4.20. You can't have doubt in your mind that that word is is working and it's going to get the job done for you. 
So you have to even uh, shore up your faith in the word of God in that way. This is not an experimental treatment, not like what you would get with natural medicine. Nothing against experiments. Some of them do work. Amen. They experiment on somebody before they put it in a bottle and sell it to you. Amen. So the word does work. It will heal you forever. So your faith must be in God's word. And there is healing and health in the word. The word is medicine. It's health to all your flesh. It heals every disease and every sickness known to man and the ones that are coming. Just because it's a new something, it don't mean God can't meet it with his word. It may be new to us, but it's not new to God. It's the same old devil masquerading in a different face. Amen. He just twists his little molecules around and give it a day. Oh, this is new. <gasps> they got a ton of people walking around now. They believe had it and got over it and didn't even have symptoms. That's always true. Amen. It's always true. It's a true, especially of Christians and, and Christians. You won't find it in it. The ones who really believe the word, you're not going to find a trace of it in them. Amen. We don't get our healing the same way as everybody else. Isaiah 53, if you'll turn there, this is where you start with your health and your healing. Isaiah chapter 53. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Miss Nola, you can lock that door. <laughs> praise God. Amen. <clears throat> so, Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? See, this is the, when you see a question like this, this is where you need to park until you believe it. Because it's kind of hard to believe. Amen. It says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Or who, it, it, in the arm of the Lord means the strength of God, the power of God. Who is that revealed to? It's believe, it's revealed to the ones who believe the report. See, many people did not believe Jesus would be killed. When he was killed, they didn't believe he's going to be raised up. He lost a lot of people. When he obeyed God. Amen. And when he was resurrected, they didn't believe he was raised from the dead. And many still don't. You got me? That's why the Bible's specific about salvation, what it entails. You must believe that he was raised from the dead. Amen. You must believe he has power over death. If you don't believe that, you don't have power over death either. You got me? Amen. Or sickness or anything that's related to the curse. It says he shall be- grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. We shall we see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. They're talking about on the cross, actually. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid as it were our faces from him and he was despised and we esteemed him not so we were ashamed of jesus on the cross you look at all his disciples walked away from him denied him denied they were a part of his group all of that renounced him but it says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows so when he was dying and mutilated he did it for us yet we esteemed him stricken smitten of god and afflicted so we thought he was being hurt for his own his own behavior you see what I'm saying? That people, everybody who saw Jesus on the cross felt like he had to be guilty of something. It says, but this is what's true. He was wounded for our transgressions. He did that for us. Take advantage of it. Show some appreciation for it. That's the way I look at it. If, if God sent his son to do all that for us, the least we can do is believe him. And, and if it's hard to believe him, put something down and, and, and ask him to help you believe him. You know, that's how you show reverence. That's how you show respect. That's how you show appreciation is you get up and do take what he gave you and do something with it. Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. That means your sin, your wickedness, your selfishness is not held against you anymore. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That means that God is satisfied. He doesn't even have to punish us a little bit. Now, some people are, they, well, you know, I know I did wrong. You better rejoice and be glad that you don't have to live. Do you know what the punishment really is for what some people walking this earth have done? According to God's law. The adulterers will be stoned to death. That's 50% of the population, if not more. Amen. Fornicators, same thing. Idolaters. You know all them Nefertiti chicks running around and, yep, same thing. Well, witches get burned. Excuse me. So let's be real here. You ain't going through taking a little bit of punishment because you feel so bad for doing what you did. You might as well thank God you're free of all of it. Take your pardon and run on. Amen. Take your pardon and run on. I was looking at, uh, uh, there's a, a, a group of people who, uh, are in a black conservative group. They get picked on a lot by, you know, black Democrats, liberal people, you know, period, because you're not supposed to be black and not vote Democrat, I guess, they think. But, you know, they got a lock on your mind. So whenever you get out of the fishbowl and everybody else wants to drag you back in, like that's the only, only place to live. But there were many people at the White House, and uh, I was looking at him. <laughs> they give somebody the mic to get a testimony. It's my girl said, yeah, I just got out of uh, jail. I got released on the second chance program. And uh, I am now running for Congress. In my- <laughs> I said, go on, girl. Take your pardon and, and, and live it up. Amen. She's so glad not to be in jail anymore. And she not running as a Democrat. She said, oh, no, I'm running as a conservative Republican. Huh? Because I believe in this program. She said, there are so many people in jail 
that are sitting there because they never really had representation, never really had a fair trial. Many of them are not guilty, and many of them are getting too many years for for their crime. So it's reversing now, folks. Remember our prison prayer? We would pray for those people who are languishing in prison. Let the sigh of the prisoner come up to God. So now God has heard their sighs and he is releasing them. This is the work of God, folks. But, yep, she decided to take her pardon and live her life. Amen. Not looking back, not feeling like she owes some more time or she got to live at a low level. She's lived, she was at the White House sitting around in the Oval Office, you know, introducing herself to people. I said, go on, girl. So God took her from the pit to the palace. You understand what I'm saying? This is the work of God, folks. All glory to God. This is the work of the Lord. And so Jesus was chastised. He was punished to bring us to a place of peace with the Father. So God's not mad at you. When you sin, he's not mad at you. That's why the Holy Spirit puts conviction on you to repent and turn around. So what the Holy Spirit is really saying, hey, don't go over there. Come back here. Turn around and come back here. This is where you belong. Amen. He's not pushing you out because you did wrong. Huh? That's not right to do. Not with the power of the atonement. Are you killing, kidding me? He shed his blood. He poured out his life for us. And you mean there's something left that we have to do? Like what? I mean, what can you offer? Only thing you can do is take your deliverance, take your healing, take your atonement, take your freedom and pimp on and start serving God. That's the biggest favor you can do him is go and sin no more. Go and live right. Go and do something for me. Go and do something for somebody else. Love somebody. Help somebody. Allow somebody else to live. And so when we do that, we are doing what God told us to do. I know the carnal-minded, small-minded people don't seem right. Look at what they did. Look at what you did. Don't seem right. If it's right for you, it's right for them. Uh Now, if you want to hang on to condemnation, you help yourself. But me, myself, I'm taking my freedom. I'm moving on. Amen. In Jesus' name, I'm just going to go and do what he tells me to go and do and not feel condemned because I'm not condemned. I've been freed from condemnation. Amen. Walk in the spirit. You won't obey the lusts of the flesh. Just stay walking with God. Amen. Stay close to him. He draws close to you. So he was punished to bring us peace with the father. That's why the enemy's always putting words in our ear. He wants to disturb your peace. Because if he can disturb your peace, he'll disturb your power. Amen. No peace, no power, folks. You gotta have peace with God. You gotta come to a place where you realize, Lord, there is nothing I can do to make you love me. I've gotta have, have to accept the fact that you do. Amen. So work hard at believing that he does. Work hard to enter into the rest of God where he has told you, you cease from your labors. Just, you know, quit it. Quit trying to, quit attempting to Amen. 
and just allow me to do what I know needs to be done in your life. Amen. We couldn't fix ourselves and we had all the tools. Huh? You ever see, uh, like, uh, uh, my late husband would say stuff like, uh, I would say, well, I said, well, so-and-so is broken, you know, and all in, in, already I got a number in my head. I can call somebody to fix it. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, baby, you know, I got to add a right tool. I'm thinking you got three boxes of tools. You got your own toolbox. You got your dad's toolbox. You got, huh? He was always rating on the right tool. Amen. Well, that's what we don't have. You'll never get the right tool to fix yourself. Amen. You're going to have to let God fix you, you know? So I just call a handyman. They'd be out and have it fixed in no time, but we still waiting on the right tool. Amen. Just know it will not come. Amen. So God has the right scripture for what ails us. Amen. He has the right scripture for what ails us. Many people in the Bible were healed by one word from Jesus. So we meditate on the word and we feed ourselves on the word because God commands us to fellowship with him. That's how you fellowship with God. No, it's not just listening for a voice. and You know, first thing that Many people do when God starts talking to them, they won't go tell everybody else what God said. So that's why he keeps you in your Bible. Amen. He tells you, I'm not a voice. This is the more sure word of prophecy. Anybody who reads this and believes it can receive the benefit of it. Amen. So God told the woman, uh, the woman who with the issue of blood had heard about Jesus. So she heard something about him. She either heard him preach. She heard the testimonies and the reports. And the more she heard, the more she was convinced until finally one day she said to herself after she had listened to, listened to, listened to, and listened to. It wasn't just a one-time thing. You got to understand that about the Bible, when it tells you these events in rapid succession is because they don't have a diary for every person that ever got healed by the Lord. They can't tell you the preliminary to what happened, but you can pretty much figure it out from reading the rest of the Bible. Amen. So it's not a like, go, you know, go and read one verse and you got everything. You have to study to show yourself approved unto God. She said until finally she said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She couldn't just hear about him. She had to be touched by him. Now we are touched by God when we feed on his word and you will get a quickening in your in your inner man, or you will get a peace in your inner man, or you will get an enlightenment in your inner man. And that's when you begin to know that you know that you know and you don't doubt that you're healed. So our touch is an inner touch that's done by exposing ourselves to hearing the word over and over and over again. But there will come a time where you are so fixed in what you believe And you have so little doubt, amen, 
Now, there are some things that I believe have to happen within that. There's some more scriptures you gotta fulfill. You have to, you have to say what you believe and don't say anything contrary to it. You got me? Because when you say contrary, that means that you doubt somewhere. Now, you know, people say, well, you can doubt in your head, but you, I don't even want to doubt in my head. Are you kidding me? I want everything within me to, to praise God and to come in, into one accord. Why would I want to cheat on something like that? And so, you know, people, well, I don't, it said don't doubt in your heart. Well, you know, doubt will come to your head. No, it ain't coming to me. I don't receive that. It might come, but it ain't staying, and I don't entertain it. But I think you have to clear everything out. Remember when the the uh, in Israel during the time of the Passover, they would go through the house what what they call what we call spring cleaning. We got that from their habit of going through the house because the the rule was no leavened bread, no cake. No cute biscuits, you know, no, nothing sweet, no, you know, none of that. Nothing that would rise and, and give you, um, more than basic satisfaction from your food. Because God is your portion if during a fast. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and so what they would do would go through the house and find, look, sweep out every corner to make sure there was no leaven left in the house at all. So you cleaned it out of everything that would add to, that would add a different flavor to what you were receiving from God. So it was during the Passover. So you had flat bread. You had some herbs. They were bitter herbs. There was everything that you had during that time was prescribed so that your main focus was not on food. Because if it got on food, pretty soon you bust the wine out. Then you had a birthday cake with the icing on it. You call in, uh, who was that, uh, cheesecake factory for extra cheese. God didn't want none of that. He wanted their focus totally on him during that time of fasting. And so if, if, if during the spring cleaning, if you found leaven, you were supposed to sweep it out and make sure, and you inspected your home and make sure everything was out of that that would add something to the prescription that God gave you that would bring health and healing to you. And it's the same thing when we take the word of God. You don't add anything to it. You don't add any buts, any ands, any, any, anything like that. You take the word straight up the way it's prescribed for you so that that word will work on you and that that word will bring health, healing, and wholeness to you. You don't need anything at it. I'll see some some of these Christians that are selling. Now, they're making their living selling these supplements and selling herbs and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, we believe in the word, but I want to make your head up and make you buy this. So they put doubt in you as to whether the word is good enough, sufficient on its own to heal you. Well, if it's sufficient to take away your sin and make you a new creature, I would say it could heal you. Because the biggest miracle is that we don't do what we used to do. And we don't think like we used to think. And we don't crave the things we used to crave. We crave God, and that's it. 
And so when, when God, God wanted, wants us to be well, he puts us on a strict diet of the word. Nothing added to it. So, so the woman with the issue of blood said that, that if, if I can just touch him, I will be whole. And God made a way for her to touch him. And she was whole, just like she said, within herself. Your faith will tell you what to say. Your faith in your spirit will tell you what God says about, about your situation. I, I think when you, when you are seeking healing from God, you have to put yourself on a discipline mentally and, uh, with your mouth. Cause what you think comes out of your mouth eventually anyway. You know, what you meditate on makes a decision to pop out of your mouth. But I think it's extremely helpful if you don't consider anything in the natural. You have to live like a blind person for what's going on around you. And to me, that's the highest form of believing. When you can, like Abraham, see, this is how you get the Abraham miracle. This is how you get the Abraham faith, is you consider not your pain, what your body says, how you feel. You know, I see people on Facebook and they talk about their condition every single day. I say to myself, God, it's your mercy this person is still alive. Because they'll talk about, well, I had a bad day today and the doctors came in and told me this. She, This person never says God's word says anything. No word whatsoever. I just had a so-so day and I have so much pain. And Well, see, attention is her portion. See, the Lord is not even her portion anymore because she's traded that in for the notoriety and attention that she gets from a handful of people who tell her, well, be encouraged, you know, stay strong, you know, all that kind of stuff. Why bother to even respond if that's how you're going to? And see, if the one person that gets on there and tells them to get in the word sounds like a mean person. You know, you'll see people used to do it, but they don't even try anymore because that person is determined that they're, they're, they get what they, the consolation prize, consoling themselves with other people's attention instead of allowing God to heal them. And they say they believe God, say they trust God, but look at what their confession says, what their thinking says. So I don't care how much pain you're in, you're going to have to get to the place where you consider it not. You got me? Now, oh, Byron, that's so me. I didn't say don't take anything for your pain. But I'm saying don't own it. Don't let it remain. And get to the place where you don't consider it. Amen? Some of those pills can help you not think about your pain. And then one day you'll forget to take them. Amen. And you are healed. You got me? But stay in the word. Don't sit up and take pills and then get yourself messed up. And see, this is the other danger. Pills are addictive. So you don't want to get yourself strung out like that. You better ask God, God, what do I take? Do I take something? Do I take it? What do I take? And and when do I take it? When I had pain in my hip, I went to, I had an appointment with the doctor for something else and the blood pressure. And so when I, I which, you know, they ask you, are you in pain? They do all this questionnaire stuff, you know, and they got to earn their money some kind of way. They can't dare have you come in just to get a prescription 
and they tell you to lose some weight. You know, that's, it's, it's the same report. I could print that out from the last time I saw them and show it to them. I say, is this the same thing you want to tell me? Let's call it, you know, I won't tell nobody. You didn't see me. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, I mean, you know, you go in there and you just say, you go through the questionnaire, are you in pain? And I saw, I said, yeah, I am in pain as a matter of fact. So she gives me something for it. It didn't work. I knew it wasn't going to work. Why? My faith ain't in that. My faith is in God's word. Now, if you're going to put your faith in that, do it temporarily. Stay in the word. Don't you ever let your faith be, because what's going to happen is you'll, you mentally, you can get dependent on it. That's the first thing that'll happen. You'll be sitting up watching, looking at the clock to see when you can have another dose. Which is how addiction happens. And they put on there, can be habit forming. That's for if you stay on the carnal side of things. Uh-huh. It's habit forming to some people only take one time. Before you know it, they can't. I remember we used to work with many drug addicts when I worked in mental health. And and they would say, uh, oh, I, the people would told me, they warned me not to mess with this stuff because they say the first time you take it, You'll be addicted to it. So then there's the report that goes out with a drug in advance of people taking it. And sure enough, that report works. Why can't we believe the report of the Lord and reverse this crazy stuff? Amen. We can do it if we believe the Lord's report. It can reverse all of this. Why? Because God's word is eternal. It's been tried. It's, it's found to be faithful. It found, it is found to be reliable. It's found to work when it's believed. So the woman of the issue of blood, if I can touch him, the man at Lazarus come forth, he came out. The man at the pool, take up your bed and walk. He walked. Amen. The woman in the, uh, the woman in the temple, uh, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Amen. That should have been a healing book that Bishop Jakes wrote, but it wasn't. You got me? So don't take these things out of context. Leave them in the proper context. Huh? She was loose from her sickness, not loose from whatever else they be loosing them. You know, he made a whole book and a whole, you know, Ministry off of that stuff. And it's supposed to be a healing scripture. I've never seen him have an altar call. He should have one. I don't care how many thousands of people you have. There's a way to get every, Jesus had thousands. You'll never have more people than Jesus had. And he got them healed. Amen. Amen. Now let's wake up people. Stop being doped up by you know, religion and all that old crazy stuff, you know, stay with the word of God so the word can heal you. So I'm going to talk about this book, Seven Weeks with Jesus. Give a $5 offering. We'll stick as many of it with a prayer cloth. So give it to people who are scared of the virus. Give it to people who think they have symptoms. 
give it to somebody because you're going to walk into somebody who needs this. So we'll be sending them out. I'm going to send as many as I can out every day that orders come in. But go on the website, ministryofthewatchman.com, and uh, look on the donate. Put $5 in the donate button. Or and uh, you fill in your name and address when you go to fill in the credit card information on there, and I will send these to you. This is my personal project. I will send them to you myself personally. Uh, as many people as want them, please ask for them. If you don't have five dollars, just send me an email or something. Go to the email section or contact us section, and you want to do a project for people. And don't everybody go over there either freebie stuff but i want to get these out to people especially now because there's so many people who need them amen all right well father in heaven we thank you for your word we thank you lord that your word heals us it delivers us it keeps us from all fear and right now we bind fear in the name of jesus lord we plead your precious blood over the minds of people Thank you, Lord, to release power, love, and a sound mind to everybody within the sound of my voice. COVID, we command you to go back where you came from. You're not scaring us. We put you under our feet in the name of Jesus. We command you under our feet. We step on your neck. We crush your head once again. And, Lord, we thank you that this sickness is dead and gone, Jesus' name, I say the death toll will not come up to expectation, that the people who are expecting great numbers will be disappointed. And I thank you, Lord. Jesus is Lord, and he is life. Thank you, Jesus, for sparing life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Seven weeks with Jesus, everybody. Amen. Amen. It'll heal you. Praise God.